Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 99 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Is there anything that goes with number 99? Is there like a famous sports person? Does nine... The minute's going to start out with Wonder Woman still selling this act of sorrow that she's doing uh, to Cyborg. And the minute's going to end with Cyborg apparently going to the gravesite of uh, his mother and himself. Yeah. Which was a big part of, uh, you know, the, the trailers for the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out. People seeing this clip of Cyborg at a grave um, and people wondering like, oh, whose grave is he at? He, he must be at his mother's grave and all that. And, you know, even myself, I was like, no, he's probably just at his own grave. Like he's upset about his being marked as he is dead himself. Um, and it turns out everyone was correct because it's both. It's it's both Eleanor and Victor's grave. Um, which is interesting to to see, and we'll get to talk about why he's there, uh, you know, overall. But yeah, in this minute, it's, it's the second half of the Wonder Woman talking to Cyborg, trying to get him to understand where she's coming from and where she's been and where she's going and how she needs his help along the way, um, just as much as he might need her help. And... It, it it is nice. It's it's nice. I I really like the bit of direction here where you know Diana takes a step forward to kind of um, physically show that she's she's open to to receiving him as as a as a partner or, or you know what have you, and he kind of takes a, a a flinching step backwards, as in like being really defensive in such a way that's like. I don't trust you. Don't get near me. And heard kind of explaining to him that like, if you came here to meet me, then there's a part of you that's curious for healing. Like there's, there's a part of you that would want this to, to, to be true for this to have a happy ending that you're searching for. And this is proof that you are searching for that. And it's nice to see that. It's nice to see Wonder Woman trying to be, the Wonder Woman that everyone knows. And that's the hardest thing to, to take away. That's the hardest thing for people to accept is that we see it with Superman, we see it with Batman. But these characters do want to be the big version that everyone claims them to be. The the When we distill them down into the the golden age of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, these characters are trying to be that. They want to be that. Um, and we see this here where this is what Wonder Woman would want to do for anyone. It's like, please, like, I'm opening myself up to you because I would want to help you heal yourself. I cannot heal you personally, but we can help each other. And Superman does that in Dawn of Justice, and Batman tries to do it in both films in his own Dark Knight way. And that's... That's the part that people really need to meet these characters at with these movies. When they say that they don't like the way Zack Snyder directs these superhero movies, it's it's not that the characters just are 
those quintessential versions. It's it's these characters trying to be that, which is much more important, much more earnest in their way of wanting to be their superhero selves. So um, it's just really nice. It's just really nice. I mean, sure, we can just be like, yeah, it's, it's this whole song and dance Wonder Woman is doing for the sake of the movie is <laughs> just take it. That's why I was like going with it. Like as we started as my description for the minute. Um, but really I was just trying to find comedy in it all. Obviously it showcases the compassion that Wonder Woman showcases <clears throat> and the love and the understanding that just all the good things that, you know, come wrapped up within that character. Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, excellent. It is something that, Clearly, Superman could not voice, you know, six months ago to some crazy bat guy. Yeah. You know, it's it's things like that. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, she uh, she kind of just just leaves it all on on the stage there, and and Cyborg takes it all in, and in that moment he realizes that like yeah you're right of course but there's still stuff i gotta do and i need to like still use this anger to do those things so like i can't like reconcile all my feelings just yet i still gotta like use this anger yeah i got a scene to do now i do you like know? your i got the approach to diane it. <laughs> i got the graveyard scene i gotta use this anger i can't be all cool right now like, yeah i gotta come back i gotta come back and i'll be like okay i cooled off i you know beat the ground a couple times and you know, now we're good, but yeah, I, I do like your, your approach to it. You know, I don't want you to think this is me talking to you, Nate. It's like, say for the podcast yeah. or remove it. But like, I like your approach to when we talk about these movies all the time. And the, I mean, the reason we're such great friends and we even do this podcast to begin with and yada, 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 love you, man, whatever. But like, uh-huh. you're, you have like this, there's some cynicism in in your uh, <laughs> passion for just things in general. And yeah. one thing I like about how you can be cynical at times on how you talk about things that you love is like you clearly understand what's going on in this minute. You clearly understand like how it connects as far as a story. And sure, I'm over here like trying to be so verbose in how I talk about why I love it and, and, and bringing it down to like this really heartfelt, like opening up, like how I feel about this and why I think it's so important for our growth as, as people. And, you know, you, you aim to, to make humor, you aim to be, you know, to show off this kind of cynical take on it, but you do it, with love for what the story is. And you kind of do it in a way that I've noticed where it's like, you understand it and you're just kind of like, why aren't other people understanding this? Cause like, why do I, <laughs> why do we have to explain this? If like, there it is, like, let's get going. Like, why is it so hard for you guys to accept that these are good stories? And I'm sure you do that with a lot of comic books when you worked in that industry, but it was just like, this is a good story. You got the beats here, yada, yada, yada. Like, there you go. What? And you're going to tell me it's it's a bad story for yeah. this and that reason yeah. when you can just watch this and there you go. We don't even have to explain it. Like, 
let's get going. So it's yeah. almost like a it's just like zen like cynicism from you <laughs> where you still kinda, enjoy it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I enjoy the hell out of it. I appreciate that. I enjoy the hell out of it. And it's it's fun. I just try to find the most I don't know, stupid thing that you can probably like whatever the biggest idiot on the internet that's just the the thing that they could point out the the most and be like, Well, this isn't right. I wanna be that guy just to just to prove to other people like that. It's like you are an idiot, really, if that's what you're pointing out at. Um and yeah, like you said, I mean like the beats are here, everything fits. The question really is why are you questioning whether or not particularly this movie is good or bad Mm -hmm. it is good this movie wasn't ever going to be bad it just didn't it was almost a too big to fail type deal and we had you know two movies prior and an entire universe an entire fan base that was even fueling that fire it just wasn't going to not work that's the thing and the argument that people have with arguing this movie is so far past an argument that it's just funny now. (laughs) And that goes to actually just like home life where it's like, you're still bringing this up again, man, that happened like eight years ago, dude. (laughs) Like, and it's like, that's the funny part. And it's like, you're still mad. And I'm going to make fun of you for still being mad at this movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. You're just, you're just a, you're just a fool. Anyway, um, yeah, it goes back, you know, these things, you have things like Shakespeare and you, you, you know, people in, in a learned profession are telling you that this is good. This is proper. This is what you're supposed to base everything off of. Mm-hmm. And then when someone does base it off of it, you're like, that sucked. Why wasn't it like Shakespeare? What, what do you mean? It's just that it's literally just that type of mindset. And it's, it's comical. So I find the comedy out of it. Um, this scene in general, uh, between this whole week between Cyborg and Wonder Woman, you pointed it out at the beginning of the week of how it is the inverse of what the Superman and Batman fight was Mm -hmm. like, this is the, this is the, the solved puzzle. You know, we, we literally worked, we had the equation and, or we had the answer and we worked backwards to, to build the equation and the equation is the heroes are just not working together you know so what's the answer to that compassion understanding and togetherness one woman wraps up all of that within just herself put her in these situations where you have the the like we were saying the man form batman and cyborg here and the god form superman and wonder woman and it's just the conversation that they have to have. You and I got to talk about it for an entire year of just, you know, and even on the bigger bigger picture of the argument of, of why Dawn of Justice was a bad movie. People see it as a bad movie because you're not having a conversation about that movie, you know? You're seeing these choices as bad choices because you're not having the conversation of what those choices are or why that character decided to make those choices. Yeah. And we got to cut to it in 60 seconds, you know, and we get to embellish it for a week here with these minutes here. I think it's incredible. This whole moment between Wonder Woman and Cyborg is literally the answer to the Batman versus Superman fight or just the fight of the clash between man and God and the dichotomy between those two ideas of 
good and bad or doing the right thing versus not doing the right thing. Putting a stake in the world where you think that you don't have a stake in the world. But what's hitting you right in the face? You live in the world, dude. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You have the your stake is the entirety of your livelihood. Um and and for those that come after and 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 making sure we we leave it a better place than what we came into. Um and then the other thing with with Dawn of Justice when people say like, you know, that this is a bad decision here or whatnot is they don't have that conversation of yes, the character in the movie. We understand that the character it is a bad decision by the character. It's it's a whole point of the movie, but they see it as like a decision made by the director Zack Snyder, and so therefore that director believes that decision must be made. Which is like think about Man of Steel, where you know Superman snaps General Zod's neck, and it becomes like oh Superman would never do that. And it's like says who? But also like. <laughs> no, it's a bad decision. He knows it's a bad decision. There's literally like 15 seconds of heartbreak after that decision. You know, it's stuff like that. It's like Batman doesn't kill. It's like you're right. Batman doesn't kill, but he's killing but he's in doing this movie it. because it is a bad choice. It is a bad decision. Yeah. That's the whole point of the movie. You can't just be like, oh, it's bad. Uh, Superman would, or Batman would never do any of those things. It's like, yeah, you're right. They should not do those things. But they're, that's why they're doing it in this movie, to orchestrate that. We're not saying that they should. And that's another thing that everyone gets wrong. Even even people who love Zack Snyder's movies. But they're like, yeah, Batman kills. Like, get over it. It's like, no. He and Chris Terrio are also saying that they need to become better. They're not at the best place right now. And we have to work our way to that. It's the whole deconstruction, reconstruction. That's what all this means. And that's what Wonder Woman is explaining here to Cyborg. It's like, we are not in a good place right now. None of us are. But we can be if we work together to make it a better place. And that's the conversation people don't have about those movies. They don't take the time to understand why they're in a bad situation now. So. I don't know. People just want to see Fat Thor playing Fortnite, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no one complained about that bad decision, huh? Yeah. And no one no one complained about the actual hard illustrating fact that Thor is a raging alcoholic. People are like, God, we still love him though. Put an axe in his hand. Yeah. Let him fly around space with a raccoon. Wow, oh, I love the guy. The dude makes bad decisions. Yeah. All the time. They all do. They all do. But he's great. And he's great for it. And that's why we love him. The whole point of Thor was to like fail and learn by those failures and like be a better person. Guess what he does in the movie? Same thing with Superman. <laughs> in the anyway. in the follow up scene where Cyborg does leave the conversation with Wonder Woman, and then we see we enter this kind of Gotham cemetery. No. No name on the actual cemetery, I don't believe, unless someone has seen something elsewhere. But we come to Cyborg at the headstones for Victor and Eleanor. And it opens up with this shot of just the dirt on the ground. The this I need to stop you right here. Because I feel like I 
know what you're getting at. This shot, this tracking shot of, of the ground up to Cyborg walking into this graveyard is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> is one of the best graveyard shots I have ever seen. This is some seen. really good cemetery dirt here. Think about this thing in a superhero movie. This is like Rami-esque horror shot right now. Like, this is intense. This cemetery scene is... And it's crazy because, like, you still see, like, a building facade, like, on the background. Like, there's a water tower and buildings in the back. But I feel as though I am in a such secluded cemetery that is just so dark and eerie. A Gotham cemetery? I would not want to be hanging around a Gotham cemetery. Uh, uh, who's a, who's a, who's a person that would be hanging around Gotham cemetery? Solomon Grundy! Bingo Bango, right there. The Phantasm. Wouldn't want to run into that guy. Phantasm. That's the other one, you know? Like She's a terrorist. <laughs> like, it's... It, there's something... It's so... We, we said quintessential. Like, this is a quintessential graveyard. This is... There's something about this dirt that just looks so good. Like, it feels mushy. It feels dry at the same time it feels feels like a zombie's gonna come out of that thing man it it feels like just some really good dirt to walk on and right it, it, again this is horror director horror director doing a cemetery scene he said hang on let me roll up my sleeves let me get this it has this rolling fog with this moonlight and this these these statues on these headstones and it it paints this perfect gotham cemetery picture that we've seen in comic books and animated films from the batman universe and it involves cyborg who's who is a gotham city character now instead of detroit but it it just it's such an amazing shot it's such an amazing focus on this graveyard dirt that it's so captivating how beautiful it is. And I think that's the, that's the attention to detail that I just love about these movies where it's just like what that dirt is and how it is the personality of this graveyard and that this graveyard has a personality like that, like it, by design with the Gotham uh, uh, background and the moonlighting and, and how we're going to paint this entire picture. It's so well done. It is so beautiful that I think having a shot on that dirt and, and all that, the weeds and whatnot, that, that's the detail I want to see. And I know there's so many superhero movies that do graveyard shots or, or headstone shots or someone standing in a cemetery of some sort and they would never give the graveyard itself that much attention as its own character, as its own yeah. ambiance, its own atmosphere, its own environment. It's almost just like character, graveyard stone, sad moment. like, And it's just like, carry on with it like go on with why we're here instead of really I think what makes, living in that moment 
Um, I think what makes a, another big difference is that this isn't the only graveyard scene that we get in this movie, but we get a Kansas graveyard scene mm-hmm. later on. The fact that this is like so much detail and so creepy and eerie, moonlit clouds, overcast, it's a Gotham graveyard as opposed to just like the flat Kansas graveyard that we get later on where it's like, okay, it's just grass and headstones, you know? We don't have like creepy moss, we don't have dead trees or even, yeah, I, I don't know if there's any statues on headstones, but... no. It's just like masonry that we would attribute to Gotham City, um, you know. It's probably it just also looks excellent. that like people in Smallville take care of their cemeteries because they that's all they have. Oh, true. And they they love each other and they want to take care of those that are resting in peace because they believe in it and that's their religion and they care about preserving those lands and and people who will be buried there and people who are resting there here in Gotham. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about you. And, like, this place or, will overgrow like this. Or the caretaker is probably plotting to kill the Batmans at some point, you know? <laughs> some weird some weird craziness, you know? When you see the, the headstones of Eleanor and Victor, you can see a rolling hill of even further headstones as it, as it rolls down and into the background. You can see more mm-hmm. of them in the distance. Um, and I think because... Ray Fisher as a as an actor has to get down and get closer to the headstones and and you see the surrounding dirt around the headstones. I think that's why they really went in detail what the ground would look like for a Gotham Cemetery so that when they were like, "Okay, this is how we're going to do the shot." Zach was like, "Yeah, let's start with a focus of what this dirt looks like because you as the audience, if we're going to put you in the perspective of Cyborg, we want you to be able to Look at that dirt so finely that it looks like you can just go and smash your hand into that kind of wet dirt and lift all that dead grass off of it. Like, be that close to it that you can enjoy and and, and be a part of the scene instead of just being like, all right, Cyborg's at Graveyard, dump Mother Box and, and leave as far as plot yeah. point. It's like, it's not that. It's... It's being in the atmosphere. This is how you enjoy the atmosphere that you're in. This is how you become Cyborg in his perspective. It's so good. It's such a beautiful shot how it starts off with that. This is stage acting right here. This is like prop acting to the extreme, honestly. Yeah, it really is. And even Victor, like the character now, as he comes face to face with the graveyard and and with the, the grave of Eleanor and where he's supposed to be buried it's it just is like he is becoming vulnerable he is finally accepting the death of his mother and the supposed death of himself becoming someone new yeah. Reliving. That's really what it is. Realizing that he is no longer Victor Stone. Yeah. And he needs and and it's just a newer a new chapter. He does, you know, he he understood what Wonder Woman was trying to say. The the words sunk in and he used that fear and anger to go and and do this and to and to face this this headstone that 
you know, from what we understand, he hasn't been able to see. He's been locked in the apartment learning and studying for six months or whatever, you know, six weeks. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't even come to see this yet. So a whirlwind of emotions. Again, excellent nonverbal acting that we've been talking about since freaking 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just incredible. Incredible acting from Ray Fisher in in this moment here, and uh, you know he does he deserved all the love and applause that you were able to give him in that room at the uh, at the convention. <laughs> it's um, it's really impressive. Like one of the things that they do in this minute, or they they do in the whole movie, which is as Ray Fisher acts as the character and he's wearing, like, this LED light over his left eye, is, you know, he still has an eyelid for his right eye, but his left eye cannot, you know, close or anything like that. So if the eyeball moves, they add a visual effect where there's a light source on that robot eye, and it moves in tandem with his other eye, as if that's how the Mm -hmm. left eye would look in this direction or that. And so... As he does his nonverbal acting, the illumination of that left eye gives more nonverbal acting to the character because they've traced it. They've they've, they've been like, okay, well, this is a, this is as his brain scrambles around and and thinks and 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 puts things together. The left eye is shifting and moving and and moving around and accessing different parts of his brain as he calculates, you know, internally, and. It's a very nice detail to show what the character is thinking in its own special way. It's it's really nicely done. I really I really do enjoy just everything that this character does in the movie. It's really nice. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, we don't see what he's going to do yet with the mother box, or if he's going to do anything at all, really, without getting too far ahead of ourselves. But, you know, we see here we have Eleanor Stone here, Victor Stone here, both deceased at the year 2015. We also see one headstone in the background. It's a Jeremy Philip Watts. Um, Look into that, if you will. Um, Actually, let me look it up and maybe we can do some editing here, Nate. Let me see what we got. about to sneeze hold on
Okay, hold on. I think I stumbled onto something a lot bigger with this. Bone pumpkin. You think you stumbled onto something bigger? Yeah. Like who this person is. Um, is this someone? Oh, damn, I guess maybe not. Maybe I don't know who this is. All right, maybe maybe scratch that. Yeah, I'll let someone else. Target's weekly ad has the Snyder Cut listed. Target's weekly ad come out on Sunday, right? You don't know? Oh. Hmm. Alright, I'll scratch that. Why? Because we're going to Walmart or Target later. Um. So, yeah, we might have to do some editing. Um, I, I, yeah, I said, here, where's the edit point? Because I was at 26 minutes, and then just like go into whatever you want to go into, and I can just cut it right there. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I was just saying that, you know, I mentioned Watts, and I said just... You know, look into that, if you will, because I couldn't find anything regarding the person. Um, and I tried doing some research for the character, but I obviously came up with nothing. Um, but the the name is pretty prolific, and it is highlighted in this minute. So um, if anyone knows who Jeremy Philip Watts is, I, f the f I feel like the name is familiar. And I, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to, like, miss notes i mean that's why we do this podcast but i i feel like the it's a pretty important name and i don't want to miss it for whatever reason um even if it's an actual person who has passed and it's kind of like in memory of, of the person especially for this type of movie so uh if anyone has information for that uh please let me know i know that you can buy the headstone it was on a prop listing site um but I don't know the Jeremy Watts headstone you could buy. Yeah, I, I saw it on a um, prop website. Uh, Jeremy Philip Watts, um, but I don't know the importance of the name. It just says Jeremy Philip Watts um, died twenty eighth July two thousand three. Beloved son, husband, and father sorely missed. R A P. Um, used in the Justice League movie, but I don't 
necessarily know the importance of that name. So maybe someone else can find out uh, something about it. But that being said, that's all I have for this minute. Unless you have anything else you want to add, Nate? Um, no. I mean, the stones, headstones, that's weird. The stones, headstones themselves uh, do say the title of the chapter that we're on. Obviously, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Um, so that's just something if you want to, you know, check that we got the notes and um the birth year 1994 i don't know if we really need to look too much into that other than that they would be what 28 years old now that's a good one um i mean yeah i think i think i don't think the i don't think the date of of cyborg's birth really adds anything to establishing anything much like how we were doing it in dawn of justice i don't think it adds much to any establishments um but 2013 is that what the no 2015 weird five huh looks like a three. Oh no no yeah um, it's, it's a five 2015 yeah 2000 2015 um no i mean which would put him at we're like pretty, 21 we're pretty all yeah, 21 years old yeah we're pretty all up to date on on where things were and in relation to the uh, black zero event yeah really that's just that's just the biggest thing um and mankind being introduced to the superman yeah the only biggest question is when superman actually died month month wise it's just really just the month i think we got we got (laughs) down to just like what month is it and it's either november or october and uh you know yeah everything else consequently is just like does it add up to do do the seasons match i think is where we kind of left off at if if the seasons match up with everything particularly i think suicide squad but that doesn't matter we're we're past it um <laughs> we're past that part. no that's pretty much yeah we're pretty much that's pretty much all i have yeah so as we get ready to wrap up with today's episode I, i'm almost wondering if we're about to wrap up uh, part three soon because we do get the title here like you said nate uh, beloved mother beloved son um so we are getting ready to wrap up so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here today if you guys enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minute and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 100 100 of Zack snyder's justice league